0: Podcast by Committee is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NFL ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Plus, cool bonus, um, you get panoramic shots of where your seats are going to be when you're checking them out uh, which is kind of I know this is not news to a lot of people who have used these services but for me I think it's pretty cool like if your seat like section 207 row L seat double a you actually get a cool picture and you can kind of look around and see where you're going to be sitting so head to the app store or play store now to download game time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets (laughs) everybody and welcome to your favorite fantasy football show podcast by committee. I'm Nando Dufino. This is the show. This is how we do it. On Tuesdays we bring in one of the great beat writers from around the athletic NFL. On Thursdays we bring in one of our great fantasy football writers and uh, and kind of hash everything else out. So this week it took us a while to get here, but we're finally talking about the Dallas Cowboys with John Mashota. John, thanks for joining us, man.
1: No problem. Thanks for having
0: me on. And uh, check out John's podcast. Crossover here about them Cowboys. Um, so John, uh, well, first of all, just it's you with you doing the same thing that we're doing on your podcast, right? You have rotating guests every week.
1: Um, kind of. It's just really the guys that other people that work at the Athletic Dallas side. So um, we have uh, Saad Youssef, who's a feature writer. Who he does a little bit of everything. He'll do some Stars, Mavericks, Rangers, Cowboys, and so he'll come on and then. Um, uh, Kevin Turner, who uh, works for one of the local radio stations down here, he kind of hosts it. And so generally, it's it's the three of us, uh, you know, doing a wrap-up one after the game and then doing a, um, a preview one, usually uh, on Thursdays, previewing whoever the Cowboys opponent is. So that's been working so far this season. But, uh, but no, I mean, uh, you know, the, the goal is to yeah, have other guests on in, in the future, for sure.
0: Nice. Um so, you know, let, let me start where I think a lot of people would, would like to start um, with Ezekiel Elliott, because, you know, you look at Ezekiel Elliott, and I guess it's kind of tied into the, the Cowboys as a whole in, in, in ways, you know, like Kellen Moore is actually looks like a much more efficient uh, offensive coordinator than you've seen there in years, just the way the amount of passes he's throwing and how many yards they're going for and everything. Um, but, you know, fantasy players are viewing Ezekiel Elliott as a bust. And you look at his numbers, I mean, if you just land on Earth today and you go to Pro Football Reference and look up Ezekiel Elliott's numbers, I like, go, oh, you know, he's not so bad. <laughs> he's he's doing all right. He's averaging 4.4 yards per carry, 87.6 yards per uh, per game. Um, you know, he's not he's being as target as much in the passing game as he was last year, but he's, you know, he's still on pace for about 60 targets. Um, and it seems like he's catching maybe more this year too. But, um, you know, I guess if you're watching the games and you're there, and maybe even if you're an Elliott owner, uh, you're not as happy as I guess you would have been. A lot of people saying he was the number one overall pick over Saquon Barkley, stuff like that. Um, can we I, can we just do a brief overview of uh, maybe what's wrong with Saquon Barkley? I, I read one of your latest tweets. By the way, follow John on Twitter, uh, John, M-A-C-H-O-T-A, um, about how Jerry Jones gave a very terse answer about if Ezekiel Elliott is fine. So uh, you know, <laughs> after my ramble here, um, can we just get in a little bit, I guess, to Ezekiel Elliott and kind of what you're seeing and, you know, is he a bust and is there hope to kind of salvage a season where he should be super elite, I guess?
1: Yeah, I don't think we can call him a bust. Um, you know, the big thing down here is just people questioning the idea of, you know, you just gave him this huge contract and he's not matching these, the crazy numbers he put up last season. And then, uh, particularly obviously his, his rookie season in terms of the reception though, which is, interesting to me I'm not saying this is necessarily going to change like this but this is pretty he's following a pretty similar run of of what he was on last year in terms of targets in the passing game because it really was not until the second half of the season where he really started getting a lot where like you know he had I think only had one game in the first half of the season with you know six or more I think yeah he had seven he had seven targets against the uh, Texans early on. But then it wasn't until the second half of the season where it was just like six targets, seven targets, six targets, 12 targets, seven targets. Like So I think that there's a uh, potential that that could pick up um, maybe down the stretch of this season. Uh, I will say, though, they also feel more comfortable about their other weapons, and so that's why they're not going to them as much in the passing game. Like, And, I mean, and then they were on, this, on display in that last game is because you saw Randall Cobb, Michael Gallup, Cooper, uh, even Blake Jarwin, Tony Pollard, uh, you know, and obviously Jason Witten, they, they have a lot more guys they feel comfortable, and, and Dak feels comfortable getting the ball to us. So I think that's impacted there. But in terms of the running game, I, you know, Zeke looked like old Zeke against the Eagles, and that's why I thought maybe he was starting to turn a corner and that, you know, this was going to be a big game for him. The problem I see is just that it, while, you know, he hasn't looked the exact same, neither has the offensive line. And the other part of it is, like, this league you see, I mean, you're seeing it right now with the Rams where just, like, when you're, like, the hot thing and everybody knows that that's, like, kind of the hot thing, well, everybody goes out of their way to, like, take that thing away from you. And everyone knows that this is where, where the Cowboys want to win with, whether it be be just because of this being a Jason Garrett team and this is the way his teams have been coached, he wants a strong running game. Um, or just the fact that they've just spent all these first-round picks on the offensive line. They obviously drafted Zeke fourth overall. Like, these are where their significant investments are, and so when they're not having that success there, um, you know, people are going to be kind of questioning it. Um, But even on the offensive line, like Travis Frederick, their center, who had been a Pro Bowl center before getting this Guillain-Barré syndrome that caused him to miss all of last season, like, he'll even tell, he's not, he's not back to where he was before that, and then Connor Williams, the the second year left guard, he hasn't played that well this season, and now he's having, um, he's supposed to have a, a knee scope today um, to get uh, his knee cleaned up, and, and so he's, they're taking him out of the starting lineup, they're going to go with more of a veteran and Xavier Sulafila, so maybe that changes some things up there, but I know that I mean, I see all the the tweets, and and you see the All-22, and there are some runs where you're like, man, Zeke, a couple years ago, I think he would have taken this and gotten at least six or seven more yards, and while I agree on some of those, there's also not as many holes there were, you know, particularly his rookie year, and so I just feel like a lot of teams come in, and they're like, let's stop the run, and we'll try and force Dak to beat us, and I kind of think that's a dangerous game, because Dak keeps getting better and better. So. Uh, there's no pa- pa- panic from the Cowboys side of it. Like you mentioned the Jerry Jones comment. Um, I thought it was interesting that he didn't add anything to it. He just said, no, not at all. He doesn't think he's regressed at all. Um, but I mean, down here in within the team, I don't notice a big worry about it, but I know that it was a big problem and a big storyline from that game, obviously, because Dalvin Cook went off.
0: Is, is there any kind of issue that you're seeing with, um with the injuries this year? I mean, it like that can do, I mean, Look, I don't know why, in my mind, I think the Cowboys are like this. this I'm a Giants fan. And um, the, the, the gap between the Giants and the Cowboys right now is so huge in my mind. But, you know, on paper, the records are, you know, kind of cl- not close, but closer than they should be, I think. Like, I, I think of the, the Cowboys as a one- or two-loss team. And in a way, I mean, that's that's almost right. I mean, the, three of their losses are, you know, four points or less. Um, and it just maybe as a fantasy player, just all the talent on this team it's so good that um, you know, yeah, I look at the injury report, and like you were talking about the offensive lines kind of riddled with them, but Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup have both been dealing with some stuff. Um, you know, Jason Witten took a year off and he it's it's like he he didn't. He seems fine, but um is there is there like any kind of like injury kind of angle we should be looking at here as the season kind of winds down. Um, I, I don't know if you're a fantasy guy, but like the next three weeks for fantasy players are you know, three of the most important weeks of the year as we're in crunch time and trying to make the playoffs. Um, So I guess it's kind of like, you know, Michael Gallup is a flex or wide receiver too on a lot of teams. Is he over the injury stuff? Should we expect him to be 100% like Amari Cooper? Is there gonna be some nagging stuff that could just drop him completely?
1: (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned Amari because we joke around down here and even he jokes around about it that he plays some of his best ball when he's coming off of a week when he's been hurt. I mean, this past week, there was like, oh, you know, is Amari even going to play? You know, he just he, – he had an MRI on his knee, and, and, and then he doesn't practice the next day, and then he's only limited on Friday. Like, is he even going to be able to do it? And then he goes off, and he just – you know, he, he does all kinds of Amari things in the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Amari's definitely not 100%, but Amari's at the stage where you – you know, you shouldn't worry about that. If you have him on your team, he should be in your starting lineup every single week. I know there was times there, obviously – with the Raiders where he would have like this just huge game. And then if you're a fantasy owner, you're just like, Oh, this is great. Uh, You know, he's going to break out. And then the next game he might only have like finally, Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I think he's passed at least on this team with, with how much they value him in that. I, I think he's automatically leaving. And then uh, Gallup though, uh, he was dealing with some stuff earlier, but yeah, he's back to, to being what he was before. So I I think you should feel pretty good there. Um, And then like Randall Cobb had a really good game the other night, but I, I don't know, I, he's just, he's he's a good, solid veteran player, but I don't know if you can count on that type of production week to week. Um, so so that that was the only thing I'd say there. And then and as far as Zeke is, I mean, there has been nothing, you know, he hasn't said anything about any injuries. He hasn't been on the injury report. Um, as far as I know, he's completely healthy. Um, the offensive line's a little dinged up. Like I said, uh, Connor Williams is out, and I'm, I'm sure some Cowboys fans listening will probably say that that's not a big loss, but uh, um I'm trying to think who's the other ones that we talked about yesterday. Uh, Lyle Collins is dealing a little bit of a back issue that he dealt with earlier in the year, but nothing that's supposed to keep him out of a game. And then same thing with Zach Martin. Uh, I think it was, I think it was his knee. And again, it's not anything that's expected to keep him out, but you know, you bring up the talent across the line on this team and across the board, both sides. And that's the way I feel. I haven't covered this team since 2011. This is the most talented Cowboys team I've covered. And that's why, they should be disappointed. That's why fans are disappointed that they are where they are right now. With that being said, they, they love taking on this Jason Garrett moniker of backs against the wall thing, and, and that certainly seems like where they're putting themselves, to where they almost have to win, you know, five of their last seven to win the division and get in the playoffs. Um, and it shouldn't be like that. You should be able to take care of some of these teams. Uh, you know, the big thing down here that a lot of people talk about is just how, you know, not only did they lose some of those close games that you mentioned, but you know, they lost to Drew. They lost to the saints without drew Brees. They lost to the Packers without Devontae Adams. They just lost to the, the Vikings without Adam Thielen. Uh, they lost to a jets team. That's awful. And Sam Darnold was only coming. He was his first game back from all those games. He missed with mono and he just diced them up. Like he was this season veteran And a week or two later. He's talking about seeing ghosts against the Patriots. I mean, those are the type of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah where you're just like, well, how come you're not seeing ghosts against this team? That, I mean, Particularly like one of the problems that I had with the late game play calling on Sunday night was that they went back to the running game when it clearly wasn't working, but they wanted a run clock because they didn't want to give the Vikings much time to to go back on the field and be able to answer. Well, okay, so you give the ball back to the Vikings if you take the lead and they have like a minute or less to go down the field. Well, this isn't the 2014 Dallas Cowboys where it was like Tony Romo and DeMarco Murray, Des Bryant, you know, Witten, this strong offense that had to carry the defense because the defense was not that good. And so they would do different things like that because they're like, your offense had to be your defense as well. Whereas, like, we have to have these long drives because you can't put the defense out there because they'll get torched if they're out there too many times. Well, this defense has been building since 2014. They've been adding at all levels. That's why you go out and get Michael Bennett and Robert Quinn. You know, you draft these linebackers high, like Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderish, so that you can be better than that team was. And that's why, I mean, this team on paper should have one of the better defenses in the league. And so we just, but we just haven't seen that. And so. Um, I will say this, though, if they do go on that run that I, that I talk of being a possibility of winning maybe five of their last seven, I mean, they're not a team that anybody in the NFC should want to play in the playoffs, especially if they're healthy, because they do have weapons all over the place, and they should be a team that, that should be able to beat just anybody, just about anybody. So, uh, yeah, that's, I, think, I think for Cowboys fans, I think that's where they're the most frustrated, is because there was a lot of hype coming in this season that, man, we're, we're talented in all, all spots in this team, and that hasn't been like that down here since probably 2007, 2008. So this is finally your time to make a run. Jason Garrett's on the hot seat. You know, it's kind of put up or shut up time. And they kind of look like what they have for the last few years.
0: Yeah, it's – it's. I mean, not to just keep harping on it, like maybe it's because I'm a fantasy guy and on Sundays I'm jumping around from game to game uh, and, and so deep in the stats. But, like, I was honestly kind of surprised at the Cowboys' record. <laughs> I guess I should start paying more attention to that. But, like you just said, awesome on defense – awesome offensive weapons. Um, and I, like I know you're kind of down on Randall Cobb. He's got the eight targets in the last two games, and we track this thing that's um, how many penalties have been lost or how many yards have been lost to penalties. Um, you know, if you get rid of OPI, and uh, Randall Cobb's lost 100-something yards to, you know, stupid holds and stuff like no, that. No, no, that's uh, a good Prescott, point. Prescott's and lost a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. And I'm not down on him as a player. I think he's he's been outstanding for them. Like, I think he's been an upgrade from – uh, what they had in Cole Beasley because that's who he's re- he's replacing. It was just more along the lines right. of I know how for fantasy owners it's like you want those targets and I and I know like recently he's been on, but I don't know. I just kind of I I know where he is kind of in the pecking order. I feel like and and uh, if they were to start tar- targeting Zeke more and things like that, that like maybe he loses out on that. But I know Dak loves him and and he's super trustworthy because of being the veteran that he is and that. But yeah, if you have him, you know. I'm not saying don't play him or anything like that. I just, it's one of those things where you look at like everything that they have. And I could see potentially in some games where uh, he could, he could possibly get like lost in the shuffle. But yeah, no, there's, it's funny. Cause we've joked with him. There's multiple touchdowns that he's had this year. that have been called back because of just what you said, like some, some dumb penalties.
0: Yeah. Actually, John, you're here to correct us by the way. So please don't, <laughs> please like, don't, don't, I have no ego. If, if you're like, no, listen, this Randall Cobb target thing is just a
1: two game thing. This is not you know, keep that up, please. We, we need to know this stuff. That's why you're here. No, no, no. I mean, but he's been, like I said, he's been good because that's the big question mark. It was, you know, they lost Cole Beasley to Buffalo in free agency. And so it was like, they had to get in somebody in here, veteran wise that Jason Garrett likes to say is like quarterback friendly. Well, that's, that's obviously Randall Cobb. And when he's been out there, no, he's been, he's been a very good player. I can't say anything negative about him at all.
0: Is this uh, is Kellen Moore, and this ties into this as, as the offensive coordinator, um, you know, you you look at the numbers there, and it's uh, last year Dallas. It was tenth in rushing attempts. This year they're seventh, but they were tenth in yards last year. This year they're fifth. So you're seeing kind of a more efficient way of of using these plays in the passing game. Uh, last year they were 21st in attempts. This year they're 13th. Um, last year 23rd in yards. This year I think they're third in passing yards. Um, and you, you look at the history that they had before Kellen Moore took over. 27th, 23rd, 26th, 23rd in passing yards the last four years, and this year they're third. Uh, is that something they can sustain? Is, is this something that you know, Dak Prescott's averaging over 300 passing yards per game, um, or is this maybe a first half, second half kind of thing where they're maybe going to adjust for opponents and stuff like that and kind of settle in more, you know, your 13th in pass attempts, maybe your 10th in passing yards? Or is this just an efficient offense that is doing the most with their attempts across the board, and they'll probably keep it up.
1: I don't see any reason why they, sh- they, they shouldn't they should keep it up. Uh, the problem, I mean, they've been obviously putting up big yards and they've been able to score points. The problem is they just have had trouble scoring early. And that's really impacted the running game because they generally, this team is built to, you know, get an early lead and then be able to lean on Zeke and, and uh, you know, run clock and, and uh, put, you know, opponents in tough situations. But uh, they've been, I don't see any reason why there should be a drop-off. I mean, to me, The three biggest reasons why the offense has improved from last year are that I can't can't say that I'm just not one of these guys that, and this happens all the time in in football, is just, like, if you see, like, something good that happens for, like, a half a season or a season, all of a sudden it's the greatest thing ever. I'm more of a longevity person. Like, um, I'm not the one to just jump on, like, the latest hot quarterback, like, because... It's it, to me. It's more important how many, how long have you done this for for a long period of time. So like down here, there's a lot of people are down in Scotland. Linehan. I don't know that Scotland Linehan wouldn't have had similar success with this this offense. And the reason why I say that is because okay, they get Jason Witten back, they get Travis Frederick back. Those are two key pieces that they did not have last year. Um, that that has helped him in the red zone. And and as I mentioned, you're basically trading Randall Cobb for Cole Beasley. Now, I'm not saying it would be as good as this offense, but I think one of the things that's really helping Kellen Moore, too, is the fact that he's just new. And so there's not a lot of tendencies there. I mean, especially early on in the season, what tape was anybody looking at? I mean, there were reports coming out that, you know, opposing teams were looking at his stuff from Boise State. And, I mean, Dak and and Kellen and Jason, like, like laugh about that. Like, why would you – I mean, you're really going to do that? Um, Yeah. But that's the way the NFL is. So I think one of the things that's really helped him is that there's that uncertainty of you don't really know what to expect from Kellen Moore. And I mean, I do think Kellen Moore is going to be a very, very good play caller in this league. And I think he has been up until this point. He's obviously had some, you know, there's questionable calls like you're going to have with, with any guy, but I think the newness of him gives him a kind of a leg up of what, you know, with Scott Linehan is a guy that, you know, he has so much film out there because he's been, he had been doing it for so long. Um, so I'm not saying Scott Linehan would, would have had as much success as Kellen Moore is having right now, but I just he was just like the guy last year that everyone just pointed to him and, and blamed everything on, and it was kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, it's not as good as you probably think it is, but it's also not as bad as you think it is, and there's a lot of other factors that go into this, so they instantly got better in the red zone when Jason Witten came back. They just became a more crisp team. They just They just, I don't know if it was just the veteran presence or him just being a guy that knows where to be at all times, that has helped them out a lot in in those situations, and and so, but they're you know it's going to all come back to the running game with this team. That's where the way it was built, and so they're going to try and run the ball if they can get a lead. But if they can't, you know, I, th- I really feel strongly that Dak Prescott is having his best season. and He has shown that if you're going to do that against him, that he can throw for three, four hundred yards. Which in his rookie year, you know, we used to talk about down here all the time, like you know when when Dak gets in his prime, I think he'll average probably about. 225 a game. He'll be, you know, he'll kind of manage it, run a little bit here and there, and and they will be it. But no, he's shown that, you know, he's got the arm and, and he's got the understanding of the offense that, you know, he can put up the big yards if, if need be.
0: Can you draw a lot of that back to them getting Amari Cooper in? You know, he's maybe, well, I don't want to, not to crush Dez because I actually like Dez Bryan a lot, but, you know, Amari Cooper's younger, a little more dynamic. Uh, does that have a lot to do with, with Dak Prescott's numbers this year? Um, you oh, know, we no. saw it late last year too.
1: Yeah, no, no question. I mean, the minute they got Amari, that's when everything started clicking. Um, and there's just, it's kind of like one of those things. I compare it to um, like a shooter in basketball, where even if you you're a good shooter, you might start off a game and you just got a couple that shots that rim out, and that'll affect your confidence. So they talk about a lot of times like getting a, getting a good shooter to the free throw line to kind of get that rhythm going. Well, in that game Sunday night, you know, Dak started off and he was he was okay. But then Amari makes some of those toe-tap catches, and then Randall Cobb made a really nice grab in the back of the end zone, and it kind of was like they weren't Dak's best passes. They were they were close, but they're kind of like those three-point shots that they kind of rim around and they go in. Well, that gets your confidence going. And so the reason I bring that up is because when you have a guy like Amari that can make some of these free catches, and he makes them look like they're effortless and they're so easy, I think that that just really helps a quarterback's confidence. And so the minute he was added to this offense, yeah, now it changed the game. He's like a perfect fit for what— Dak does. So I've just always felt like, you know, you mentioned Des Bryant. I thought Des was like a perfect fit for what Tony Romo did in, in terms of the back shoulder fades and a lot of the letting, letting plays break down and then kind of, you know, finding Des like that. Like, whereas um, Amari is a more precise route runner and, and more of a technician. And I just think that's a better fit for Dak because he kind of almost always knows exactly where Amari's going to be at all times. And you just, I mean, you don't even have to really know the game that well. You can just look at the numbers since Amari's joined. I mean, just the team has just taken off. I mean, the offense has just played it at a completely different level, and and Dak just looks so so comfortable. And he looked he looked comfortable with Des in 2016, but 2017 that you know that really wasn't the case. And so yeah, no, if they didn't trade for Amari Cooper, who knows where this team would be right now? It could be back to eight and eight type, you know, what Jason Garrett was doing earlier in his career. But uh, no, Amari that that traded. Um, it has a good chance of going down as one of the greatest moves ever in Cowboys history.
0: John, uh, not to get off track and I, I doubt you even have an answer to this, but Des Bryant, do you, I mean, do you have any extra insight into him and like where he's at right now? Is, is this going to be a lost season or maybe some receiver hungry team might snatch him up? Um, you know, I know obviously he, was, he hasn't been a cowboy in a while, but uh, maybe you're still kind of dialed into what he's doing and where he is and in his recovery and stuff like that. Is, is there any, you know, fantasy players always looking for that edge. Des yeah. Bryant's out there. You know, instead of Jay Ajayi, he's going to sign with some running back needy team. Uh, maybe a wide receiver needy team might just take a shot on him for the last four weeks if some crazy injuries happen.
1: Yeah, no, uh, that's interesting you say it because it sounds like he's he's wants to come back now. He's been rehabbing. He had that Achilles injury, which – you know, that's a tough injury for anyone, let alone someone like getting later in their career. So I, I, I had a feeling that that was either going to be an injury that ended his career or was going to be one that at least kept him out for a long time because of just the rehab that goes into uh, coming back from something like that. But I know he's been posting on social media videos of him running routes and he posted the other day about how he wants to come back. And it's not necessarily he doesn't have to be in a starter's role. He just, you know, kind of wants to help a team out. And so, because of that, I always think the most likely team would be New Orleans because of the fact that they brought him in last year. Sean Payton obviously likes what he brings, and that they can. Kind of, Sean Payton to me just would be the guy that could fit him into some packages. He, whereas like the Cowboys are just kind of they go with what their grouping is, and they kind of stick with that. They don't really deviate from what that plan is. And we saw it earlier in the year. You know, Devin Smith got in there and had a. Good game against the Redskins, and you're thinking, oh, he's going to be part of this going forward. And it's really not the case. And, and it's almost you can set your watch to that Amari Cooper is going to be out there with Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, Jason Witten, and then in the backfield, it's going to be Zeke and Dak. Like, it's like that is what with this Cowboys team you can expect. So I don't see where Des fits in there. And, and when, you know, Josh Gordon was available, that was a popular topic down here. And, and you know, there was no interest there, Antonio Brown, and stuff like that, because they really do feel comfortable with the receivers they have. So I don't see. Des returned to Dallas. Um, but the Saints are interesting to me just because he had been there before, but as you mentioned there could be a playoff team that that you know the thing is that I, where I think Des can still contribute would be in the red zone because he still has he has very good hands and he's and he's very strong. And so you get down in that red zone where it gets tight and it and it, you know, there's not a lot of windows to throw into. You know, I still think he could probably catch some of those fade balls in some smaller corners and things like that. So, you know, I, I wouldn't rule it out.
0: That'd be crazy. He's like he's he's such an afterthought for fantasy players right now that, you know, it'd be nuts if someone just grabbed him for the last few weeks and suddenly becomes fantasy relevant in your championship uh, march. That'd be awesome. Um b- back to the Cowboys though. Next few weeks, you got the Lions, you got the Patriots, and then the Bills on Thanksgiving. Um Dude, I, w- I wish we had a whole show. we could just talk about Thanksgiving. That's like my favorite day. I think for everybody's football, but like there's this kind of like magical mystical quality to it I feel. We've run some numbers and did studies on like what Thanksgiving does for wide receivers and running backs and stuff like that. and it's it's crazy. Like the, the number's a little inflated and different. but before you get there, you get the Lions, you get the Patriots. Um, some of us here have the thought that the Patriots defense isn't as great as it has been advertised because they haven't played a lot of good teams. Detroit, I I think it's kind of almost like you don't know what team you're going to get. Um, What's the preview for the next few games here for the Cowboys? Are these, I mean, the Patriots are a tough one, but you got a feel going in. You can win every game, and uh, they just got beat. So are are these kind of like three wittable games here?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't think anybody down here at least (laughs) thinks the Patriots game is is even winnable. I think most people just chalk it up as the mighty uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and just – when we see the schedule come out, you just put an L there. So, um, I think the Cowboys would go a long way. If if they won that game, um, it would be out of control again in terms of just thinking that like this is a legit Super Bowl contender. If they can beat the Patriots, they can beat anybody. That would be huge for their confidence. Huge for I think the fan base would really be fired up about that. But um, you know, I don't I don't think that it's just a, a guaranteed loss. I mean, that seems like the type of game that this team would be up for. Similar to last year when they played the Saints, um, you know, it was a night game and everyone was, you know, kind of thinking this is kind of a measuring stick for where they could be in the playoffs, and they won a, you know, a low scoring game. So I think that the Patriots game could be like that. I think they could have success running the ball against the Patriots, uh, particularly with Dak Prescott. Now, oddly enough, um, last Sunday night was the only the fourth time in his fifty seven career games where he didn't run the ball even once, which is just alarming to me. So out of those four games, three of them have been losses. Um, I'm of the belief that Dak needs to have at least three carries minimum. I would even like to see it closer to five per game. And now I'm not saying putting his head down and, you know, breaking tackles. I'm saying you know get out of bounds, slide, do things like that. But his legs are a good weapon that they need to be utilized. Uh, I think more than they are right now. Uh, so I think that game could be an area to look for because obviously you saw what Lamar Jackson was able to do against them. The way that they, I know they're so multiple in defense, but it seems like. If you you might have a better chance running against that defense as opposed to throwing against that secondary that just is making plays like crazy. So um, that I don't think that that's you know some for sure loss. But if you look at the entire schedule, it's probably the only game where the Cowboys are going to be an underdog. So uh, I think that's why a lot of people think that it's because uh, they've been a favorite in every game so far. They'll be a favorite against the Lions, um, and so and they should probably be a favorite the rest of the way. Because even against the Rams, that that one will be close uh, the line, but it's in Dallas, so I could see them being a favorite there. So it's really only that Patriots game uh, that that they won't be the favorite. So I think they have a chance there. The Lions, I, I think they, I think the Cowboys win by two touchdowns or more if Matthew Stafford doesn't play. If Matthew Stafford plays, which I don't know how you do that if you have broken bones in your back, I don't think they heal. In yeah, the right. But if that happens, then I see it being a great game because Stafford has played some really, really great games, and the Lions and Cowboys have played some great games against each other since Stafford's been there. Obviously, he's a Dallas Guy played, you know, high school football down here. So those have been some outstanding games. So if you tell me that Stafford's playing, I see this game coming down to, you know, the fourth quarter or whatever and it being close. But if he does and they're going with Jeff Driscoll, I mean, that should not be a close game for the Cowboys. And if it is, that's not a good thing. So then you go to Thanksgiving with Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo's been better than I really I thought they would be. I, I know their defense is, it was going to be strong, but um, that's not going to be some easy game. And obviously it'll be a big deal down here because— every Thanksgiving game down here, it seems like is a big deal. And then it's the Cole Beasley return. And I'm sure that Buffalo is going to want to get him going. So that'll be interesting to watch, but you know, that should be a winnable game playing at home for the Cowboys too. So I feel like I say that almost every week because I mean, winnable should have been Minnesota. They should all be winnable games, right? I mean, the jets that should have been a winnable game. I mean, you go to new Orleans. Yeah. It's tough to play in that place. Sunday night football, but you're going against Teddy Bridgewater, not drew Brees, you know? So, um, but it, like I've been saying, just they haven't played up to their standard at all this season.
0: Uh, you know, the, the one game, and I, I don't want to get too much into the games here, but it's interesting, maybe this just will come up later, they got a Thursday game after the Thanksgiving game, and it's like I, 99 times out of 100 you have that Thursday game and you you know, you know, have 10 days of rest and you play on that Sunday. Are people starting to complain or even like look up on the horizon that you know they, they've got to play again on a Thursday right after the Thanksgiving
1: game? Is that, has that, I, is that a thing yet? You know, it might be, and maybe if they were dealing with more injuries, it would be that way here, but I've got no sense of that at all in the locker room. In the lo- right. in, in this locker room, it's more of the fact of, like, we need to be taking advantage of some of these games we have on the schedule that it should be wins for this team. You know, we they believe they should have a better record, obviously, than they do, so there has really been no, like, kind of complaining about a schedule or anything down here. But now that could change because, like you say, if, you know, they are playing – you know, four games and you know less than a month. It's like, like almost like three weeks. So you know, with that, like as you mentioned, that Thursday game against Chicago. So it'll be tight there. And if they're dealing with some injuries, I think some stuff could come up there. But you know, for the most part, they're pretty healthy, especially compared to other teams in the league. So I haven't heard anything down here about that.
0: All right, I had to ask. It just seemed it's it's a weird quirk that I've never seen before. Um, the Thursday following a Thursday. It just seems interesting, I guess.
1: Yeah, but you know what? The, the thing is with the Cowboys is just they play. So many like so many of these marquee games, so many of these Sunday night games, so many of these Thursday nights, Thursday, you know, Thanksgiving. It's just like right. it's one of these things. I'm from Detroit, and you know, I grew up a Lions fan, and I'm just like I could set my watch to like oh Lions are on at one o'clock, you know. But with the Cowboys, it's just like like they when they play in Detroit this week, it's it's a noon game, which is normal, you know, for for Lions fans, but for you know Cowboys fans, it's like oh one of those early games, like you know, <laughs> play those so. <laughs> uh, I think when you're on the team, like I think those players become kind of used to, hey, this just kind of comes with being with the Cowboys. Like We're going to play a lot of these games that are going to be at just different times, and that they're going to be these marquee games, and so we're going to be in some situations where we might play a Monday night and then a Thursday night, and that's just what you what you have to do. But they've been doing it for such a, a, a long time, and Jason Garrett's been the coach the entire time, uh, so, and he played for the Cowboys, so... I mean, he's got a routine. He, he's he's used to it. It's, you know, it's no surprise to him. It's not like it's one of those things where the schedule came out and they were just stunned by anything by it. I mean, when you're when you're coaching the Cowboys, you're a player for the Cowboys, you kind of expect that stuff.
0: Gotcha. Uh, John, I got one more question for you, and I, I saved it until the end to make sure we – if we didn't have time, I could let it go because I think it's such an obvious answer. But talking with you, I, I don't know, maybe not. Um, if anything happens to Ezekiel Elliott, it, this is the Tony Pollard show all by himself, um, you know, like a, maybe – Seventy percent of the carries to someone else who you know pops up with thirty percent, or uh, would they change the way that offense is run because you know Pollard's not Ezekiel Elliott? How, just just in case something happens, people have Pollard handcuffed to Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, should we
1: just assume that Pollard becomes the workhorse back in this Cowboys offense? Absolutely. There's there's no question about my friends. My friends that do fantasy um, were asking me at the beginning of the year about that because you remember like the Ezekiel Elliott was in the contract thing, and they had brought in Alfred Morris, and I was like just yeah. if, if you're gonna like I'm talking about like some friends of mine that already had you know a high pick and they were gonna have Zeke and they're like should I not take him and I'm like well if you take him just make sure you get Tony Pollard because he showed enough in the preseason and he's shown enough this season in, in some of his carries that they believe he can be that guy now I'm not saying they would give him you know the 2025 20, necessarily that um, Zeke has been getting but I think it'd be Maybe 16, 17, 18 carries per game, he would be their guy. Like, they, it certainly wouldn't be a situation where they went out and got somebody else to try and split carries with him. If, if something was to happen to Zeke and he missed some games, Tony Pollard would be the guy. That's definitely the, the handcuff you should keep if, if you have, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott on your team or if you're just stashing, you know, Tony Pollard away. Like, no, he would be the guy. And, uh, and it would be interesting because I feel like, you know, you're kind of used to seeing Zeke back there and you know what you have there. And with Pollard, um, you know, we've seen him in certain packages and stuff like that, but we haven't really seen him uh, since the preseason. You know, get the 16, 17 carries, and it, you know that would be interesting because he's just kind of he's different than, than Ezekiel Elliott is. He's not as physical of a runner, but he's got he can break tackles and do things like a little bit differently than than, than Zeke does. But uh, as long as Zeke is healthy and uh, and and the offensive line and everything's going the way it is, um, you know, I, I, it, there's just not going to be a lot of opportunities for for Pollard out there, which is a little disappointing because. We saw glimpses of some packages early on, and we still see them in practice from time to time where Zeke and Tony are on in the field in the same time, and that really is something that seems different than what we saw with Scott Linehan. So you kind of think, oh, what kind of package are they doing out of this? Maybe it's stuff they're saving for the second half of the season. I don't know, but I just saw a Tony Pollard in college that was very, very good at catching the ball, lining up as, as a receiver when needed, uh, and even as a receiver for for, part, or for almost most of one season. So I thought we'd see a little bit more of that from him this year. Um, but it just hasn't been the case because they don't want to put too much on his plate right away. Um, so, but but in your scenario, if there was no Zeke, then yeah, no, he's the guy. All right, uh,
0: this has been the very special about them Cowboys crossover episode. I feel like I know everything I need to know about the Cowboys now. Um, <laughs> thank you, John. You know, check out John. Obviously, the Athletic NFL. If you hover over the NFL part, you can go right to the uh, the Dallas Star and read John's stuff. Um, but also every week, Michael Beller, our producer on the show, he does the Beat Writer Roundup, and John has been so kind as to answer every question we ask him, no matter how absurd it might be. No matter <laughs> early in the season how many Tyron Smith questions there were, uh, we always get a good answer, and I highly suggest reading it. It's it's not just John. It's all the Beat Writer's jump in and answer the questions that you need for fantasy. Um, but check out John on Twitter. That's John, uh, without an H, J-O-N-M-A-C-H-O-T-A. And, uh, and check out his podcast, About Them Cowboys. Um, John, thanks a lot, man. This is, this is really awesome. Thank you for taking the time. No, thanks for having me on, man. This is a lot of fun. I, I, anytime you want to come back, you let us know. I'm sure I'm sure there'll be more cowboys to talk about.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Absolutely.
0: Alright, uh, I'm Nana Defino. This is Podcast by Committee. And reminder, you can get 40% off a subscription. It's our special gift to you, making it like $2.99 a month, which is like $4 cheaper than Disney Plus. Uh theathletic.com/slash PBC. Check us out. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you again later this week.